All right, so we've got about a month to go now until pitchers and catchers and the Yankees report to spring training down in Tampa, Florida. And uh, with pitchers and catchers set to go, the Yankees um, aren't really sure who's going to be there for pitchers and catchers as the rotation's still not set. And here to talk uh, Yankees baseball with me today, amongst other things, is Eric Bolin, the Yankees beat writer for Newsday. Eric, how's it going today? Going very well, Neil. How are you enjoying the offseason? Um, you know, it's going well. It was it was a struggle at first because of uh, you know who won the World Series and the way the the Yankees season ended. But uh, you know, time heals all wounds, and I think as we get closer to the season, you know, uh, you, you start to get amped up about it. And uh, especially with as much turnover and the change in the roster as there's been, uh, it's a sort of a transitional year again, I guess, for the Yankees. But it's a team we really haven't seen in the past. So uh, you know, coming from your standpoint, someone who covers the team, uh, you must be pretty excited for some change and a little turnover there. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's certainly going to be a far different team. I, I think that goes without saying, Neil, than, than what you've had the last few years. Um, and, and certainly compared to last year where, where just so many injuries made mincemeat of the lineup and, you know, you didn't know who was, who was going to be hitting fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, really for much of the season. And you just had a, it was a parade of one guy who was, you know, less productive than the next guy as, as the Yankees just shuffled guys in and out. But, uh, you know, if you, if you get a, a Teixeira back healthy this year, and, uh, you know, obviously the big hopes with, with McCann and Ellsbury and Beltron, uh, you know, you, you figure the Yankees at the very least are, are, are going to be a much more potent offensive team than they were uh, a year ago. Pitching, on the other hand, uh, you know, that, that certainly is a, is a big question. Well, I think that's the number one thing to talk about today, and that's the uh, and that is pitching and the rotation. And now, um, with Tanaka seemingly have narrowed his teams down to the Yankees, the Angels, and the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers now yesterday committing about thirty million dollars a year now to Clayton Kershaw over the next seven years. Um, it seems that Tanaka and the Yankees are the best fit at this point. And it seems almost like the Yankees have to make this move, not only from a baseball standpoint, but I'm sure they want to make it from a business standpoint as well, to have that Japanese fan base there to go along with Ichiro the way they had it for Matsui and even before him, Arabu. So what are your thoughts right now as Tanaka is still waiting to decide where he's going to end up? And, uh, you know, we're waiting anxiously to end up. But right now, to me, it seems like uh, the Yankees and Tanaka is in an inevitable relationship. Um, I, I think... You know, I'm not so sure, Neil, to be honest with you. I mean, I I, I do agree that, that on the surface the, the Yankees and Tanaka are, are the best fit, but, you know, you, you've certainly read stuff about how maybe Tanaka's wife would prefer L.A., and, you know, there, there, there's teams like the, the Cubs that, 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 you know, have a lot of money that they can spend, and I saw a report this afternoon uh, that the White Sox as well would be very interested in them. Um, I, I just think that it, we're beyond the, the point where if the Yankees want somebody, they automatically get them. And, and I think that, you know, with, with the, the new TV contracts that are getting struck a, across the, the baseball landscape, that there's, there's more teams that are involved, and, you know, let's be honest, the, the Yankees are not always the number one destination for people. Now, people that I've talked to, uh, you know, that, that, you know, cover Pacific Rim baseball say that the Tanaka certainly, uh, would not be scared by the bright lights of New York, that, that he is a star. He knows he's a star. He enjoys being a star and would not be, you know, would not be against pitching in New York, but there's other cities that, that can offer him things as well. And more importantly, can offer him money. I mean, if the Robinson Cano thing didn't make it obvious with how these things work with free agency, um, it, it was yet another example tried and true, the team that offers the most money usually gets the, the player. So, 
you know, will, will the Yankees get outbid on Tanaka? I, I think it's a possibility, and I don't think that it's automatic that Tanaka necessarily 100% wants to pitch in, in New York. I don't think anybody knows for sure exactly what he wants, but I think he finds New York appealing, but I think he could find other cities appealing as well. I think you bring up an interesting point that no one, you know, outside of him, outside of his family, really knows where he wants to pitch or where he thinks he'll end up pitching. And to go along with that, it seems like you hear about experts and, and people from the majors that scout Japan, people in the majors that have played there, vice versa. No one really knows what to expect from him. And you, you saw what happened with you, Darvish. He sort of uh, flew under the radar. I mean, he was a big name before he got here, but after what happened with Dice K, it seemed like a lot of teams didn't really want to, you know, go with that posting bid, didn't want to invest too much into him because of what happened with Matsuzaka. Um, and now it seems like now that Darvish has worked out, it's worked out in Tanaka's favor where he's gotten a lot more publicity and a lot more hype, a lot better chance at more money. But like I said, no one really knows what to expect. Um, and I don't know if people you've talked to, you know, I've given you a glimpse of what type of pitcher he is and what type of stuff would translate into the majors from Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's always the, the, the big unknown when you're talking about the, the international players coming over and certainly the, the Japanese stars. And, you know, I, I remember, excuse me, over a decade ago, there were plenty of people that didn't think Ichiro was going to translate, um, you know, to, to, to the major leagues. Uh, he was such a, a hit, hitting star over there. And, you know, would his swing translate and that quirky, you know, approach that he has to the play? Obviously, um, you know, he's a Hall of Fame player over there, Hall of Fame player over here. I know we're talking about pitchers, but, you know, it's the, it's the same principle. You just don't know. And, you know, everybody that I talk to, scouts that, that both have seen him in person and that, that have seen him on tape, they all think that he'll be a good major league pitcher. Where they differ, of course, is just how good uh, he will be. But I think going back, Neil, to, to something that, that you asked, uh, you know, a couple of questions ago, I don't think there's any question that, that the Yankees, they have to go full bore on this guy because their rotation has plenty of question marks, even if they do land Tanaka. Without him, I, I really shudder to think what, what, what this pitching staff is going to look like this year if, I, if I'm a Yankees fan. Well, about a month ago, I, I did a podcast with Chad Jennings, and at the time, we were we were well far away from where we are now with Tanaka and knowing where he's narrowed down his teams, and I brought up the options of Matt Garza, Ubaldo Jimenez, and not necessarily guys that you want to overpay to bring in your rotation, sort of what like what they did with A.J. Burnett four years ago, but it might come down to that if they don't land Tanaka, and even if they do, they still might you know end up signing one of these guys, but it seems to me like the Yankees, you know, they're, they're getting smarter with not overextending themselves for guys just because they're the best available on the free agent market and uh, it seems like maybe you know they'd wait for the next free agent class to come when there's some better options but do you see them possibly going after Garza or Jimenez or would it take not landing Tanaka to do that I think it would take not landing Tanaka to do that but then on the other hand if they do land Tanaka then uh, they more than likely have blown by the, the any prospect of getting under the 189 million dollar threshold, which we've all you know read and, and written so much about uh, over the last year and a half. And then in that case, once they blow by it, if you're going to blow by it, you might as well just really blow by it. And so, look, let's let's assume that they do land Tanaka. Okay, well then you you still have a big hole in your rotation, and you still have uncertainty. You've got the C.C. Sabathia hasn't proven that he can pitch with a diminished velocity, which is, you know, by all indications, isn't going to be coming back. Uh, Kuroda, you know, taking his, his numbers in total last year, he had a good year, but we all know what happened the last six, seven weeks of the season with him, and he's a year older now at 39, so there's questions with him. And uh, Ivan Nova was very good. 
the second half of last year, but but he's been played by inconsistency for his entire career. He really hasn't put that one consistent, solid season together yet, so you, you can't necessarily assume you're going to get that. And, again, if they do land Tanaka, you still don't know for sure what you're going to get for him. So I know I'm painting a much bleaker picture than it's actually going to turn out to be because the worst the worst case scenario is, is never fully realized when you go down the, the list of these things when you're evaluating any team. But the reality is, is that even with Tanaka, you're talking about a pitching staff that's loaded with questions. So without him, um, you know, there I would think they'd have no choice but to go out and overpay for some for at least one of the guys that you just mentioned, even though they're really not that in love with any of them. Well, aside from the question mark that is Tanaka, that is the rest of this rotation, who they'll sign is Alex Rodriguez, who has been dominating the headlines since uh, since coming back last season, will dominate them for the rest of this offseason, I'm sure throughout the next regular season and into if he comes back in 2015. But this story just keeps getting crazier with each day, whether he's you know suing a different person, um, you know claiming he's going to take this to federal court if he can. And now he gives that speech yesterday where he sort of says that Major League Baseball is doing him a favor by giving him a year to rest mentally and physically, um, and that this is you know this could be the best thing for him. What exactly is going on with Arod right now? And for someone who has to cover this guy and and is forced to cover this guy for your job, doesn't it ever get you know tiresome that you're always dealing with things off the field rather than on the field? Uh, well, I'll answer the second question first, and I should say I, I've been you know Newsday's generous with its vacation time that it gives its baseball beat reporters, so I've actually been off for a good deal of this. Uh, at least in, the, in terms of the off season, the last few weeks with with Alex, so I haven't had to cover it on a day to day basis. But I certainly was in the middle of it, you know, last August when when he came back and was suspended, but was still playing and appealing. Uh, you know, to me, you you get into this business because you you enjoy covering stories, and and I think it's you know none of us should, uh, although plenty of us do, but in the sports media. Uh, we shouldn't take ourselves so seriously to where if you you know can't enjoy covering a story like this, then I think you probably should should do something else. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, and I don't mean that in a masochistic way or in a vulture-like way, but you know, I mean, it is, there's a lot of humorous elements to it. Um, and you kind of in, your, in the phrasing of your question, you 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 know, I, you might be next, Neil, on, on his list to be sued. Who knows? Um, and so, I mean, it does seem like an end. Like maybe maybe I'll be next or. or Whoever else, I mean, he, he certainly, you know, he, he's, he's going after the Players Association, which is something I never thought I would see um, any player do, certainly the Major League Players, Baseball Players Association. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I think the story has tiresome elements to it, but in terms of getting tired of the story, not really, because there's always the question of, gee, what's next? And I thought it couldn't get any stranger than what we had last, I believe it was August 5th, when he made his debut the same day that MLB handled down to the suspension and we were all in Chicago and it was just a wacky circus and we all kind of looked at each other and said, well, it can't get any crazier than this. Do you remember how many times, you know, in this business, I think we said that to each other saying, well, it can't get any crazier than this. And it keeps popping itself. It keeps getting more and more bizarre. And so, you know, being in the middle of that maelstrom from a media standpoint, you know, I don't, I don't really get, the, I, I don't get tired of it. What, what, you know, how much crazier can it get? That's a fabulous question, Neil, and I'm not sure that it has an easy answer. I think it can get crazier, especially if he decides to show up for spring training. <laughs> well, it seems like, I mean, judging from what he says, that's, that's his plan. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I can't 
see it happening, but then if you had asked me six months ago, could I envision him you know, suing the Players Association and the Yankees team doctor and you know the Yankees themselves, I probably couldn't have envisioned that either. So while I think at some point somebody will tell him, hey, this is just not a good idea, um, would I put it out of the realm of possibility? No, I wouldn't because, you know, Alex, the, the one thing – you know, he, he likes positive press, but, but the, the one thing that, that he likes more than anything is attention. And for him to be, you know, banished to irrelevance by not being around at all, a part of me thinks that he would rather have the circus of being at, at the minor league complex while the rest of the team's going through spring training and being, you know, followed and, and you know, hunted over there. Part of me thinks that he would prefer that since to be sitting in, in Miami and nobody talking about him at all. If this suspension does uh, get upheld, which as of now it is, so he's not going to play this season, um, there's uh, options obviously out there that he can work out at the Yankees facilities, probably not attend spring training, but play in the minor leagues. What would he most likely do in the event that he doesn't play the entire year? Yeah, I mean, well, again, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's uh, he has, you know, guys who have been suspended before for the, the start of a season, let's say the first 50 games, you know, they've still shown up to spring training because they did have a season to prepare for. You know, Alex would have no reason to show up at spring training this year other than to be in the thorn in the side of the Yankees. That would be his only motivation because he can't say, well, I'm preparing for next year. You know, he, he can work out. If it's a matter of staying in shape. He can do that anywhere. Uh, doesn't have to do it in Tampa. So his only motivation for, for showing up in their spring training would be to be a thorn in the side of the Yankees. And I, I thought Joel Sherman of the Post wrote a great column a few days ago where he said that, that maybe the only thing that stops that from happening is if some of Alex's teammates take the bull by the horns and, and call Alex uh, personally and say, Alex, you, you can't do this to us. You know, We're going to have enough questions about being a viable baseball team this year. We don't need the added distraction of you being in the clubhouse or around the clubhouse while we're preparing for a season. And I thought Joel made a, made a very good point saying that, that maybe ultimately this is going to come down to his teammates telling him, hey, you can't show up here. Yeah, and I think that makes the most sense, and that would probably be the, the only people that could tell him. But from A-Rod's standpoint, you always hear uh, he sort of changed his ways over the last decade or so, the way he handles uh, media questions, and he always wants to – let people know how great of a teammate he is and how all he cares about is winning and winning the World Series. And to me, a great teammate, like you said, wouldn't be the guy who shows up to spring training and puts um, more emphasis and more pressure on the guys who actually have to play in the games, who, like you said, are playing in New York and have to deal with the pressure already of trying to win a championship each season. But to me, it, like you said even earlier, it doesn't seem like that's the type of way A-Rod will go, and it doesn't seem like he's just going to sit quietly uh, until a year from now. I would find that hard to believe as well. I, I I think that not being talked about is something that, you know, and not being relevant is something that scares Rodriguez more than anything, more than bad press, more than courtrooms, more than MLB, whatever is being, you know, seen as not relevant. And so, you know, I, I still would be surprised if he showed up at, at spring training uh, because I think at some point somebody will intercede, whether it be a teammate, whether it be an agent. You know, it certainly apparently is not going to be any of his attorneys. Um, but I, I, I just, and, and maybe I'm just naive to, to everything, but uh, I think at some point he'll, or he'll just decide by himself, you know, this is not a very good idea. Um, but would I be totally shocked? No, of course not, because I think we all should be shock-proof by anything that may happen the rest of this story because uh, there's been so many chapters already that, that 
you would never have predicted would happen. When you go back to the 2012 playoffs when they lost to the Tigers and he had that atrocious finish and was getting benched and pinch hit for, uh, people started to question, you know, what would happen in the offseason? Would the Yankees trade him? Uh, would they just release him outright? Had he played his last game for the Yankees? And then he had the offseason surgery and uh, more questions. Has he played his last game for the Yankees? Has he played his last game in Major League Baseball? And now with each little event that branches off from the A-Rod saga comes the question of, has he played his last game? And now with a season suspension, he'll come back with uh, three years, uh, a solid three years still left on his contract. And at this point, with $60 million left, it doesn't seem like even if he came back next year that the Yankees would just outright release him when they're owing someone that much money. They might as well see what he has left. But to you, is A-Rod done as a Yankee and a Major League Baseball player? If you... you put a gun to my head and said you can only make you know one prediction yes or no i mean i i would say yes um i i just can't imagine i think there's so much bad blood it's such a toxic relationship uh i, I think the yankees would be very tempted if again we're assuming everything gets upheld for 2014 and this gets thrown out of the the, the courts um that that it's much more palatable from their standpoint to be able to eat the $61 million that they owe them and just cut bait and, you know, hope that, that somebody else picks him up and, and will pay, you know, a percentage of that or whatever. But, um, you know, it, but there's also the, the possibility of, okay, let's say he comes back and may, maybe there's a way that they can get out of paying him all of that $61 million. Maybe he has another positive test. I, mean, I shouldn't say another positive test because this is a non-analytical positive that they got him on this suspension. But, you know, let's say something else happens uh, to where he's suspended again, and then they would have to, you know, they would get out of paying more of that, uh, that money. But I, I just think by the time next season is over with and the, the calendar turns to 2015, I just think at some point that the Yankees are going to get together and say, you know what, this just is not worth it anymore. It's actually worth it to us to pay him to go away because it's too much of a distraction. It takes away from everything else. I mean, if you think there's a lot of attention on it right now, imagine spring training 2015 when he is eligible to play again. <laughs> and, and, and you're talking about a guy that has not now played a full season in you know almost three years and, you know, all this attention for someone who maybe could play 100 games at third base for you, maybe. Um, nobody knows what kind of physical condition he's going to be in by, by that standpoint. So, you know, I mean, I think I, I agree with, with the people who say that why would you just pay him the big check for $61 million to, to go away and never be seen again because, hey, maybe he'll do something stupid again and you'll get to, to get out from underneath even more of that contract because they're getting plenty of relief this year. But I also think that the Yankee decision makers, uh, you know, a year from now or whatever, might just look at it and say, let's just, let's just end this. All right, Eric. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on today, and uh, we'll have to do this again as we get closer to spring training or during spring training. Hopefully uh, we have more of an A-Rod resolution by then, and hopefully the Yankees have more of a rotation by then. Absolutely, Neil. I'd love to do it.